Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clutch Football Podcast. I'm James Martin, joined as ever by Fabio Duarte. How's it going, Fabio? Good, thanks. Excellent. This week's match list is going to be Manchester United versus Chelsea, Arsenal against Leicester and Burnley versus Spurs. But before we get into that, let's run down how we got on last week. We were joined by Everton fan Greg Denholm and overall it went really well, actually. I think we all had some success in the Merseyside derby. How did you get on, Fabio? Yeah, I had uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, anytime goal scorer, 8-5, to five, so that was nice. Um, I also had over 4.5 goals at 3-1, to one, which I thought had come in until Henderson's goal was ruled out. I'm sure we'll discuss that in a bit. Yeah, very nice and, and obviously unlucky with that one. You're right, we will circle back around to that shortly, but just to quickly run, run down the other tips from that game. I secured the winner with Mane anytime, which Greg also tipped. Then he made it two out of two with his shout of a draw, albeit somewhat controversially, again, which I want to touch on in a second. Uh, but just before that, I should mention his overall wild card, which also featured this game. He got a winner there with Michael Keane to score at 13-1. to one. I- I've told him I never want to hear about set-piece coach Davide Ancelotti ever again, but <laughs> fair play to him. Um, he's joined you in the tipping defenders to score Hall of Fame, Fabio. Yeah, love that. <laughs> but yeah, so just to come back round now to some discussion of that game. I mean, is there a bias issue here or are you just as baffled as me by that late offside decision against Mane? Mental. That one and the offside decision earlier against Van Dyke, both of them, there's nothing in it. It's gone crazy, really. Yeah, I, I think what's really galling is the fact that both he and Van Dyke would have been onside under last year's handball rule. It's just because now the hand is defined differently. You can be offside from slightly further forward rather than being measured from the armpit or something like that. But as you say, yeah, it's it's all just so broken. And I mean, if VAR is making a mess of trying to catch these really fine margins and then somehow still missing Pickford's season-ending assault on Van Dyke, I mean, it, it, it beggars belief, really. I, I it, Yeah, I don't really know what to say. The original offside rule is supposed to stop unfair advantages. And at this rate, these just aren't unfair advantages in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I've I've been saying it for a while as well, that that kind of idea of it being just the human eye, just via a linesman, like it had been done for goodness knows how many years. It's it's a good way of building in that margin of error because 99% of the time they were correctly flagging what were, like you say, offsides that gave advantages because they could just see to the human eye rather than to this infinitesimal line, which apparently is how we're doing it now. And yeah, I mean, all in all, I think pretty much everyone would agree this is not better than what we had before. No, I think it's obvious that something needs changing. Yeah, I better get back to the roundup before I annoy myself even further. Um, So we'll go to City against Arsenal. This was my one poor game last week. No winners for me. I thought Arsenal might be able to put more pressure on that City back line. But to be fair, City did look a lot more solid and Arsenal never looked likely. Uh, how did you fare? Yeah, I thought the same as you, really. Uh, had both teams to score at 4-7, which obviously didn't come in. And my wild card was Lacazette to score first. Didn't help he didn't start. <laughs> Willian was playing through the middle. So, yeah, that didn't come in either. Yeah, I do really enjoy this kind of mental battle between Arteta and Guardiola, both trying to outsmart the other with these crazy moves. And yeah, like you say, William false nine is, is right up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, much better story for me, at least in the West Ham game. Uh, Suchek had a shot on target within about a minute. 
it was ridiculously tame. He basically just volleyed a pass at Larice, but they all count. So that one was a winner at evens. And then my wildcard draw shout came in in quite dramatic fashion. Not necessarily how I saw that panning out, but there we go. Did you have any luck? Uh, no, not on this one. I foolishly backed uh, under 1.5 goals for Tottenham at 11 to 8. Um, I tried to justify it with their post-lockdown struggles, but that was a mistake. This is very much a new-look Tottenham attack. Uh, Greg did predict over 2.5 goals in the match, I think it was. Um, mm. My wild card was Jared Bowen, anytime scorer, and that didn't happen at 7-2. to two. Yeah, that's a bit unlucky, I suppose, with, with West Ham notching three. He could have been among the scorers on another day, but yeah, unlucky there. Just before we start this week, we can look at overall wild cards. I've mentioned Greg's already. What was yours, Fabio? Mine was Aston Villa to win by two plus goals against Leicester, uh, eight to one. There was a late winner from Barclay, who I mentioned would be key. Villa were three to one to win the game beforehand, so I needed something to up the odds. Just about the wrong market in the end. Yeah, that's again close, but no cigar. I mean, good call on Villa winning that one. I didn't even see that happening. I was very surprised when you, you mentioned that tip last week. And in the end, it was pretty close. Um, I did manage a winner, though. I think this might be my biggest one yet. I'm not, not 100% sure, but it, it was 10 to 1, which was draw and over 3.5 goals in Chelsea against Southampton. So I said on last week's podcast, it was basically betting on a 2-2 or possibly a 3-3. And 3-3 it was in the end. And it went pretty much as I'd expected, to be honest with you. There was some pretty ropey defending at both ends. So, yeah, very happy with that one, even though I'm sure you were less than pleased to see it come in. Yeah, it was a great call, to be fair. Uh, Chelsea really should have wrapped up the game, but they're always vulnerable to something like that happening. So, yeah. Yeah, so on the whole, pretty good week from from the three of us. Greg doing well on his debut and some winners in there from us as well. And so we'll move on to this week's match list. And United versus Chelsea is our first one up. Big game. I've had a hard time calling this one. I'll let you kick us off. I've gone with Timo Werner, anytime scorer, at 8-5. to He scored a brace against Southampton, his first Premier League goals. He looked very good through the middle. Hopefully he continues there. Manchester United have been suspect defensively. And I think if they give him any sort of space, he might punish them. Yep, I'll jump in here because that's a duplicate tip. I've gone for the same. Like you say, emphatically off the mark against Southampton, not just the two goals, but also an assist. I said all along it was a matter of time. He's a top striker. And the chances keep on coming, which you would expect to carry on against, like you say, this vulnerable United side. So, yeah, I think that's value. Where did you go with the wild card? I've got over 2.5 goals and a Chelsea win at 11-2. to uh, Chelsea look very attacking recently. They're likely to score more than once, in my opinion. But that does come at a cost. Defensively weak, a lot of individual mistakes. They did keep a clean sheet against Sevilla in midweek, but... They were fortunate on occasion not to concede. So I can see plenty of goals, but I think Chelsea will have the edge. Yeah, fair enough. I was sort of studiously avoiding tipping the result because it's so hard to call at the moment. You mentioned midweek, of course, United beating PSG in midweek. So it's one of them which seems to go against the form book entirely. But it's just hard to pick what what these two teams are going to do at the moment. So I've gone for both teams to score in both halves at 9-1. to I normally don't like this market. It's rare that there's any value there. And to be completely honest, I still don't think I'd call this one value, but there's still a reasonable chance it happens. 9-1 to one isn't bad. Just as against Southampton last week, Chelsea are up against one of the few sides who can claim to match them for sort of sheer chaos. 
So a kind of open match with each team trying to counter the other could lead to this coming in. But like I said, I was struggling a little bit. I think there'll be goals. I think that tip would have come in for Chelsea's last game against Southampton. And 9-1 to one is quite high, so fair enough. Yep. Yeah, you, you've convinced me maybe it was a slightly better tip than I gave it credit for. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like I say, it's not one of my favourite markets, but 9-1, to one, pretty good. Uh, Arsenal against Leicester. Uh, my value for this one is under 2.5 goals at 11 to 10. Uh, both will have played Europa League midweek. I can see a lethargic kind of contest that often seems to happen with that European hangover. It's obviously brave to predict a low scorer in this crazy goals everywhere kind of season. But they did both have one nils last week. So I think this could be value at over evens. Yeah, I was thinking along the same sort of lines. Uh, in the end, I've gone for Arsenal to win at 10 to 11. It's difficult to assess their start. They've lost to Liverpool and City so far, beaten Fulham, West Ham and Sheffield United. Leicester have lost consecutive games to West Ham and Villa without scoring in either of them, um, albeit Vardy missed the last one. But they've still got key players missing and Didi is still out. Uh, Madison's yet to play more than 30 minutes. So I think Arsenal should have the edge in this one. Yeah, I can't fault too much of the logic there, but you'll see why I can't agree with that when we come to the wild card. I've gone with one all at six to one. I think this may be my first exact scoreline prediction on the podcast. It's not one I go for often. But yeah, with similar logic to the value tip, I just see it being that kind of fairly low-key game where the, the sides ultimately kind of cancel each other out. But as you say, if I had to back one or the other, you'd probably lean towards Arsenal. Leicester have not looked good in the in the last couple. But but yeah, I think we, we both agree it's not going to be huge margins in this one necessarily. So I think a one-all draw at 6-1 to one is a reasonable enough punt. Yeah, I don't think that's too bad. I don't think there's the goals here. Um, I have back to goal scorer, though. I've gone for Bukayo Saka, anytime scorer at 4-1. to one. Uh, He started on the left of the midfield three last time. He was getting in good positions, particularly when Aubameyang drifted centrally. But he's up against James Justin, who gets forward often and can leave space behind. So I think Saka at 4-1 to one could be value. Yeah, I think it could be as well. Uh, obviously, with with Arteta following his his mentor in Pep with the kind of rotation roulette, it's hard to say with any certainty whether Saka is even going to start. But when he has started, yeah, he has been looking like he's getting into more dangerous positions recently. And I could see him popping up with a goal, like you say, particularly if he's up on James Justin's flank. Perfect. <laughs> Burnley against Tottenham is the last one of the match list. So this is the the Monday night football game. Uh, where have you gone on the value selection? I've got Harry Kane, anytime scorer at evens. No player has ever had as many direct goal contributions in the first five Premier League games as uh, Harry Kane has. He's dropping deep to link up play, but he still managed to increase his shot frequency. And crucially, he's got penalties as well. Yeah, it's, it's a bad time for anyone who famously has a bit of a Harry Kane agenda. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to argue with his start to the season. As you say, he's added the creativity to his game while also keeping up the the shot rate. He's, he's getting goals. I mean, I suppose the one thing I would say is so many of these assists have been carbon copy, flick over the tops, and eventually teams are going to wise up and not push up so high when he's on the ball in those deep positions. But yeah, that doesn't affect his goal scoring. That just affects how sustainable the assists are. So yeah, I don't mind that tip at all. I've gone very basic as well, very kind of standard markets. I've just gone for Spurs at three to five. 
the thinking being I was surprised to see Spurs at relatively close to evens against the Burnley side who haven't started particularly strongly. I'm afraid there's not too much to add on that one by way of explanation. Yeah, I also looked at that market. I was close to going for it. So I completely agree with you there. Nice one. Where have you gone for the wild card? I've got over 3.5 Tottenham goals at 6-1. to one. Uh, I think I've learned my lesson from last week. Tottenham <laughs> were ruthless against Southampton and Manchester United and West Ham. Uh, Burnley is still about Ben Mee and currently struggling. They may have finished 10th last season, but they still conceded four-plus goals on four occasions, including a 5-0 loss to Mourinho's Tottenham. Yep, that's a good good result to dig out. That's that's clearly going to be relevant here, given that not too much has changed in that time. One thing that has changed is the arrival of Gareth Bale, and that leads in nicely to my wildcard selection. I better get a bit adventurous here. So I've gone with Gareth Bale, two plus goals. You'd imagine he'll be starting sooner rather than later. And with Spurs playing so well right now, the chances should come to him, particularly, as you say, with Harry Kane reinvented as this kind of super playmaker. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a chance that he gets on the end of a couple. I think my biggest caveat with that one is that I don't think Bale's going to start just yet. He looked a little bit tired when he came on. He was getting in great positions, but I think if he's benched, two goals might be a bit of a push. That's fair enough. That The biggest risk in this market, of course, is, is the game time issue. But easing him back in with sort of 20-odd minutes before, maybe he'll get some minutes midweek as well in which case you think he might be ready for maybe an hour or so. Overall wild cards, what have you gone with this week? Um, well, I've broken the rules a little bit. I've tipped Ooh. the game we've already talked about. Uh, I've got Harry Kane to score a hat-trick at 25-1. to 1. All the same reasons I've mentioned before, really. His form is amazing. The fact he's on penalties helps. And the fact that he's up against an out-of-form Burnley. I think this is a time to tip a hat-trick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I suppose normally I would say you wouldn't expect a Sean Dyche team to be shipping hundreds of goals in that way, but they have looked a lot more leaky recently. Uh, the only thing I suppose is 25 to 1 for a hat trick tip is surprisingly low. It's just because of the form he's in, though. So I could see it happening, I suppose. I, it's not one I'd like to back myself, but. Yep, it's, if you're going to back a hat-trick, as you say, now is probably the time to go for it. I've gone for a, a similar punt, to be fair, so I can't be ridiculing you too much. I've gone with Mane to score in the first 10 minutes against Sheffield United at 11-1. to 1. Liverpool scored in the first 10 minutes against Leeds through Salah. It's, it's clearly a big punt, but I think the team will just be ridiculously fired up after what happened in the derby, particularly to Van Dijk. I'm expecting this kind of furious and Mane's in great goal-scoring form. So I could see him notching very early on. I did back Marley to score in the tenth minute of a match one time. Uh, he scored in the tenth minute and one second. Oh. <laughs> Luckily, they still awarded the money. Oh wow, well, you got away with one there. <laughs> Normally, the bookies will be on you like a flash. You're not getting that. But um, yeah, it's it's not it's not my favourite market in the world. But like you say, I think most people are expecting Liverpool to win comfortably. So to get any kind of value there, I had to go down this kind of route. So yeah, I quite like it on the whole. Um, that pretty much rounds up our regular section, but we are going on to our fan team segment now, so I'll hand over to you, Fabio. Right. Uh, for those who don't know, fan team player matchups is basically a set of head-to-head contests with fancy points deciding the winner. 
each week you can select a few matchups to build an accumulator. Uh, James and I will be discussing three matchups each week and keeping a season-long points tally to make things interesting. So last week we had Firmino against Alexander-Arnold. I picked Firmino, James picked Alexander-Arnold. Firmino got two points for 78 minutes played and one for Liverpool winning whilst he was on the pitch. Alexander-Arnold got one after he conceded twice, so I won that one. Uh, Mitrovic also played for full 90, but he missed a penalty and conceded a penalty. So he ended on minus one. Obviously, he could have won that quite easily had he taken his chance, but that's just how it panned out. And the last one was Callum Robinson against Wilfred Zaha. I picked Robinson, James picked Zaha. Uh, Robinson was benched after Callum Grant was signed in the week, so he came on for one point. Zaha scored a match-winning penalty and picked up eight points. So that was an easy win for James there, and I'm um, 2-1 up after the first week. Uh, this week we've got Patrick Bamford against Marcus Rashford. James, where do you think this one will go? Yeah, I, I have to take Rashford here. I'd be shocked if Chelsea managed to shut out. And Rashford is always a reasonable bet to be United's source of goals, even though I think Chelsea are perhaps the more likely to get the win. If I had to pick a winner, I think there'll still be goals for United. And, and as I say, that could easily be Rashford getting on the end of them. And meanwhile, Bamford is up against the only side with a 100% record so far. So that doesn't appeal to me hugely, even though he's the one with the asterisk this week. Yeah, I agree with you here. I've also gone for Rashford. Uh, Villa look like the more defensively secure out of them and Chelsea. So Bamford's got a tougher task there. Uh, Rashford scored in the week against PSG. He's also likely to play the full 90, whereas Bamford's been subbed off twice this season. So that's an extra point in his favour. Next up, we've got Kai Havertz against Wilfred Zaha. Um, I've gone for Havertz against Manchester United. I think he's a bigger danger from open play. Chelsea look a lot more threatening than Palace. Uh, he also scored his first Premier League goal against Southampton. And he has the asterisk for this one. So if it's a draw, he'll win. Yeah, I mean, I guess this isn't the way I'm going to gain on you because unfortunately I've gone the same way. I've also gone with Havertz. It is an interesting matchup, though. I mean, Zaha was my only winner against you last week, as you mentioned, but I am going to have to abandon him this time. Ultimately, that goal last week was Palace's only shot, and it was a penalty. So while he'll probably have a bit more joy versus Fulham, I wouldn't expect a route or anything like that. Havertz, as, as you mentioned, got off the mark last week, and I think he may well manage some attacking returns again against United, even if he doesn't. Yeah, the asterisk swings it. Fair enough. We'll see if we have any disagreement on the last one. Uh, Hyung Min Son against Harry Kane. Who have you gone for? Um, well, I don't think we will have any disagreement, given what you were saying about Kane in your in your regular tips, because I, I have gone for Harry Kane here. It's pretty much a coin flip in many ways, but Son is probably the one scoring at the less sustainable rate in terms of conversions on the whole. The, the only thing you'd mention is that Burnley are very weak down his side. There's been some injury problems there. But, but yeah, I will back Kane. He's the consummate goal scorer. And as we mentioned before, he's adding assists to his game. I think in terms of fantasy returns, he's the one you've got to go with. Yeah, you're right here. I've gone for Kane as well. Uh, I had a quick look to see who would come out on top in the previous five weeks. Uh, it was 3-2 in favour of Kane. So it's a bit of a coin flip. But Burnley are likely to play with a deep defensive line. That should suit Kane better than Son. He's also got penalties. And Son went off last week and Kane just doesn't get subbed very often. So that's an extra tick against his name. Well, there you go. I guess it'll still be 2-1 at the end of next week then. No disagreements there. But 
I mean, it's it's encouraging that we're thinking along the same lines anyway. Um, that pretty much rounds us up for this week. It only remains for me to thank Fabio and to remind you all to follow us at Serving Up Clutch on Twitter. The new tennis podcast is also going along very nicely, so please do consider checking that out at the same place. That's all from us. Thanks for tuning in.